What is up, everybody? Welcome back to another edition of The Sheehan Show here on Shardog.com. My name is Sean Sheehan. I am back with my top bets for the weekend in the world of mixed martial arts. It's a massive weekend. There's lots of fights going on. You have one championship. You have the UFC. You have cage warriors. And, and I think there are a few other organizations putting on fights again. And it's funny because a lot of these weeks I come here and it's like, maybe there's one UFC, kind of Midland UFC card. And it's very hard to get five bets. And that's not this week. It's not this week. I have a load of bets. I've actually changed one bet uh, very, very late coming in here. In fact, I was like two minutes into recording. I'm like, no, no, I'm going to change that bet. <laughs> so I, this, is a, this is a re-record. It's the first time I've ever done that. I'm like, no, I'm going for this. Bet. And it's, I'll tell you what it is in a second. But um, <clears throat> yeah, we have a big weekend coming up. Um, and I could have, I, honestly, I could have given you six, seven, eight bets here. And we look at some of the bets, obviously, towards the end of the, the show as well. But last week, we had an absolutely great week all together. Three out of the four hit the fire. Unfortunately, he didn't. Very close to Song Yudong. Uh, I had him to win by decision. Obviously, finished in the fourth round. We can count ourselves a little bit on Lucky there. Few fights, though, especially the, the PS Cirilla one, we did get lucky in that one. Ryan Shelley was. Clearly the better fighter through two rounds in that. Uh, Harila Khanum with the shot over the top. Seemed to be a bit of an injury or something. And he got the win there. Counting it as a win on, on the bed. Obviously he got the, the finish there in the end. Ryan Curtis did end up losing though. As I said, long time out. I was banking on his skill and it just wasn't to be for him on the night. But the two other ones we had to win. The two props. Uh, Reese McKee via KO. Uh, I gave you around plus 110 last week. I believe it was around that. I saw one place had a plus 130, so I, was, I think it was around that. Great win there. Great win for EC. Should be off to the UFC next. And then over in the UFC, we had who got the submission, as I predicted last week, at a plus 160. So three out of four from last week. We are 29 out of 55 overall, which I am absolutely delighted with. And four of uh, 14 for the um, Flyers, which uh, we've hit, obviously, for them earlier in the year haven't hit one in a while now maybe this is the week maybe this is the week but yeah it's uh <clears throat> it was a great week a great week and uh long way to continue right let's talk about next week and look the f- the first uh, uh, the first one i'm going for here is one from one championship now i have one championship bet i have three ufc bets and i have one bet from cage warriors as well the one championship bet is the one I have changed, and uh, <laughs> I was I was going to give you a bet from Demetrius Shanson versus Adrian Rice. I will talk about more about that in a second, uh, but I have changed, and I've gone for Ahmed Mujtaba to win against Sage Narcot at plus 127. Now, um, the odds of one championship, sometimes they come out very late in the week. Um, I have got these from uh, oddsportal.com. I actually use them all the time for one championship odds. This is not an ad or anything. I just literally do. And they're usually very, very good. And I've compared their prices here with a couple of the other um, uh, fights that are uh, are up in other places. And they're pretty similar. So uh, we will adjust it anyway. When the price gets updated, check me out on Twitter if you want to see me a tweet or or in the the dimensions here. And we, we can adjust it. But the price to have for Mushtaba to win this fight is plus 127. Now, I think that is a little bit a little bit high, to be honest. Now, I will take him anywhere up until, like, minus 180, minus 185. I really do. I think he has a great chance of winning this fight. And looking through their records, I, I think a big factor here 
is the fact Sage Norcott has been out for uh, for four years. Now, Mushaba isn't exactly a guy who has had loads of fights either in that time. You know, it's probably a, a good guy in terms of that, but he has been more active than Sage. You know, Sage last fought in, 2000 and, uh, in 2019. In that time, Mushaba fought uh, at the end of last year, just over, what, five, six months ago. He fought at the start of the year before uh, as well. So he's been active recently. He was out for a while, obviously, you know, with the pandemic, everything kind of shut down. He was due to have a fight in 2019, another one in 2020. They didn't end up happening, so, but he is back. And Sage doesn't have those two fights back yet, and I think that is a big issue for him. So that's the first part of this, right? That is the first part of this. Now, we'll get into Mujab and stuff in a second, but on Sage... And why I think that time off will be a big issue for him. Now, look, you don't need me to explain why time off is a big issue in mixed martial arts or in any sport. But for Sage Narcos, I think it's a little bit more of an issue for two reasons. I think Sage carried a lot of muscle, right? And you need a lot of cardio to carry that muscle. And we've seen in some fights, Sage has no problem. In other fights, he has a bit of an issue. I just think when you're not in, you know fight shape if you want to put it that way when you're not used to doing it anymore it's it could really be an issue against a guy like Mushtaba I think it really 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 could be an issue like if this fight ha- happened after Sage had two fights little you know the, the likes of Raju and Amorim like uh, Mushtaba had had and then he was fighting Mushtaba I, I wouldn't I wouldn't call that a problem at all and the next part I'm going to talk about as well I think putting everything together has always been an issue for Sage. I think he's a very good striker. He can wrestle and, you know, he's jiu-jitsu. And, you know, he's not Crown Gracie or anything like that, but he can, you know, he can he can fight on the ground. Putting it together on them, the in-between bits, as I always say, has been an issue for Sage. Being out for four years can't have helped that, right? And if he has matured, let's say, as a person, as a fighter and all that, and his skills have, uh, have all lined up, I actually think even if they are, It'll take a couple of fights to get back to that place at 100% of where he'd like to be. So I think those two are going to be massive issues. And like sometimes we just say, oh, he's been out for four years. But I'm trying to give you specific issues there, which I think will be at play for Sage. Now, that's all well and good, but you need someone who has the ability to take advantage of that. And I think Ahmed Mushtaba has. If you listen to my preview here, I talked a little bit uh, about him. Look, the wrestling is what he wants to do first. He can throw good shots. He throws straight down uh, the middle with, with big power. Um, uh, uh, you know, I mentioned his, his a couple of opponents there. He's a big knockout in seconds over Raju. Uh, the, the big place Sage can win this fight is the uh, the defensive striker of Mushtaba. He wouldn't be the best defensive striker in the world. I think he can take shots, but... As I said, it's all wrestling with him. That's what he wants to do. He wants to get you to the ground, get you against the fence, put his head against your head and hold you there. He's very, very calm when it gets to the ground. I've probably I've written the word calm in my notes, and I've probably said it in two or three different fights now, talking about him previewing his fights, but he's so calm on the ground. And, um, you know, he... he In past fights, I've watched him and thought... He needs to be a little bit more calm, and in these more recent fights, he has been a little bit more calm. It's it was I think it was an obvious enough thing, and I think it's something that his coaches have really helped him with. Um, plus, I think Sage in the past has shown his strength and the ability to kind of stop an initial takedown and get the fight to the clinch. 
Mushaba's lovely uh, trips against the, the cage as well. And I do think he will take Sage down at some stage. So, look, if this, if all things were even here, and Sage Narcott was back with a couple of wins, and he hadn't been out for so long, I think it'd, be, it'd still be a pick him enough fight. Mushaba's a good fighter. He is a very, very, very good fighter. There's no doubt in that whatsoever. You know, he, he hasn't had the best run of it in terms of like like Sage having injuries and stuff, but still, he's still what ten and two in his career. He's you know he's he's won what five four four fights I think in one championship now. Not a not a bad record at all, and beating some good guys with some good winning records as well. So, I uh, I'm very interested to see this fight. I'm very interested to see how Sage comes back. I think it's honestly a, probably a good matchup compared to some of the other guys he, he could have gotten in this division and we'll see how it goes for Sage so a big fight but my first bet of the week I'm going for Mushtaba to win straight up plus 127 on that one next bet I'm going for is from the UFC and this is another kind of feel bet here and it's uh, the fight between Bilal Muhammad and Gilbert Burns to go to decision and that's minus 125 so either guy can win, just has to go to a decision, <clears throat> or it can be a draw. There are two main reasons I've gone for this. And the first and biggest reason I've gone for it is the performance that, uh, that uh, Gilbert Burns had against Masvidal. I think it was a weird point, and also... I'll get to more of the one championship bets in a second as well. I know I said I'd get to the, the Dimitri Shanson one. I will get back to that in a second. But to, to Gilbert Burns, I, I, I just think that performance against Masvidal, not that it was a bad performance, right? And normally I'd look at it and I would say, that's a sort of, and this is a very harsh thing to say, and before I say it, I actually don't mean it. So it looked to me like a performance of a guy who was at the dying embers of his prime. He'd had some great fights very recently, and this was the first on his way down to our departments. Now, I don't think it was. Maybe we, maybe this weekend it will be. Maybe we'll, we'll be shown. But I don't think it was. And the reason I don't think it was is, I think he just showed so much respect to Masvidal that he did, and not even respect, but he kind of, the fear of being uh, Ben Askren. He, I'm not saying he was afraid of Masvidal at all. But he was afraid that Masvidal might catch him at one big shot. And I think he did everything in his power to not be caught with that one big shot. Knowing that he tried to, if he tried to outpoint Masvidal, he'd almost certainly win the fight. And not even almost. Right? And that's exactly what he did. Now, the reason here, again, that I'm taking that into account is I think it's hard to adjust away from that. That fight was only a month ago. It's, I think it's very hard to adjust away from that. When you're fighting someone like Bilal, right? who doesn't have the same, uh, well, as maybe some people over it, but he doesn't have the same like finishing ability as Masvidal once had at least. And, and, and normally he probably wouldn't want to fight that way against someone like Bilal, but I believe it's going to be tough to adjust that straight away. Plus the other side of what Bilal is very dangerous with is his wrestling. Now, we'll talk about the jiu-jitsu of Burns in a second. But let's say he didn't want to be taken down. And, you know, he probably probably doesn't. I think this sort of maybe slightly slower, more controlled pace is a better way of not getting taken down by um, by Balal Muhammad, right? So that's why I think if, if Burns wins the fight, I think there's a high chance of it going to a decision for those two reasons. 
for Balal, we know what Balal kind of wants to do. I think now <laughs> let's talk about the jujitsu of uh, Burns against Balal. What he probably wants to do is wrestle him and take him down for five rounds. But then you have the jujitsu of Burns. Now here's where my plan kind of falls apart a little bit. Could he get submitted? Maybe, maybe, and it's very dangerous putting yourself into the guard or whatever of uh, of Burns. But Bilal is a smart guy. Will he do that early while he's dry and all? I, I think that probably something he won't. I could see a lot of clinching against the cage early in this first round. And I think Bilal, um, Bilal wanted the five rounds for that reason. You know, if you can't give away a round early against, uh, against Burns if it's only three rounds. You can if it's five rounds. Give away the first round. Even maybe you know you might win it. You might win it. You might, you might even lose the second, but in the third, fourth, and fifth, when you're all wet, the ability to uh, to submit someone is way, way less than take them down, take them down, take them down. All right? That's the kind of game plan I think I see from Bilal here. You know, I think if Burns is slower on the feet, I think Bilal will be happy enough to strike away with him. Now, Burns is a big shot and he could he can knock anyone out, but I, I, I think Bilal will be very safe if he fights that game. So I just, I just, look, what I foresee here in one word is safety. I think I see a lot, and it's very hard to be safe in an MMA fight, and don't we know that? I was watching him there sitting cage side at the weekend, and it's very, very, very hard. Don't get me wrong. But I think that will be the aim for both of these guys. I, I just think, and I'm, now, as I said, I'm wrong every week, and then I could be wrong again, but I, I feel like that is the aim for both of them. And I think they're both smart. And they'll both play a smart game, and I think it'll go long, and I think it'll be close. So that's the bet I'm going for. First bet, second bet of the week, sorry. Balan Mohammed, Gilbert Burns, fight goes to a decision, minus one to five. Who would I pick to win? I have a rule of thumb, I always pick wrestling over jiu-jitsu, but when you're one of the best jiu-jitsu players in the world, it's hard It's hard to pick that rule of thumb, but I'll, uh, yeah, I think I'm just going about going for Balan, I think. I'm just about going for Balan. The, t- the, the team of my week, I think, here with my picks, and we, as we move on to my third pick for the week, is is layoffs, but also um, <laughs> picking picking against the long layoffs, but also picking for what we've seen, right? What we've seen recently. So what we, the layoff, obviously, picking against Sage, what we've seen recently from both Burns and Balal. The long layoff here with Sahuda, but also what we've seen recently from Sterling. I'm going for Aljamain Sterling. He's around even money here, guys. He's around even money. I have him at minus one or three. He's around that to get the win here. Um, and I have talked a good bit about that fight this week. And it was a fight, you know what, that I was really unsure about. Really, really. And I, look what, I'm, I'm still pretty unsure about it. But the more I talk about it, and I've talked to a few people in the know, <clears throat> and I actually, for the first time in a long while, because I don't, I don't like to get my um, my thoughts corrupted sometimes. I like to go away and watch the fights myself and do it. But I've read a couple of articles. My guy, Spencer Kai, uh, wrote a great article <clears throat> about the um, with the coaches that he, he does for all these big fights. And um, they had thoughts similar enough to mine, which is, I know, a bit of a humble brag there. But you know what I mean? Sometimes when you see it, it's like, oh, okay, that that thought was correct. And the thought here for me is that, look, there's a lot of thoughts in it. But the thought is, Henry Cejudo has been out of the game for three years, right? Which is a long time. 
Luke Thomas put up the, the stat about, I think it's fighters over 35 being, what, 2 and 35, something like that. 2 and 39, maybe. 2 and 29, sorry. 2 and 29, I think. Uh, fighters over 25 being 2 and 29 in UFC title fights. And both of them were Tyron Woodley. No one, no one has ever done it. And Henry Cejudo is 36. And at the smaller weight classes, it's even tougher. So all the stats, all the layoff is going against him. But one of the big parts for me, before I get even to the tactics of why I think it's a tough fight for him, is that why did Henry Cejudo retire? Right? I think I think we've all kind of maybe, and maybe I'm wrong, so let me know in the comment section below, but I think we've all kind of come to the reckoning that Henry Cejudo retired to try to get a little bit more money out of the UFC. It didn't really work. He waited, he waited, he waited. And what happened next, right? So what happened next is the next question. I, and I spoke, I was on John Lang's podcast uh, as well, speaking about this. I think it'll be out before this even. What we? Why did Henry Cejudo retire? Is the first question. And why is Henry Cejudo coming back is the next question. Like, why is Henry Cejudo coming back? And that is a question that I don't know anyone has the answer for. I have, a, I saw, I listened to the Countdown show, you know, and he said, he said it was all he retired because, you know, he to play that game but and he didn't say that but he said he had a family and a child on fair enough but why is he coming back he's achieved everything you know maybe if he come back to fight for the, the belt in the way class above absolutely but he's not doing that like why why is Henry Cejudo coming back I, I don't know and if like the motivation is just come back and get a bit of money will we see another TJ Dillashaw type of fight whether he's an injury or whatever he just kind of shows up and that I don't know I don't I know I don't think that'll be the case, right? I don't think that will be the case. But also like what it, what will be the case? Like what I I I I find it very hard to see Henry Cejudo's motivation here. Now, Henry Cejudo's kind of playing a character and it's tough to know as well. So, who knows? But all of that points against Cejudo. Now, it might all be nonsense, right? And I I've said this recently as well. It's like, look, we don't know, but we have to we have to break it down. We have to talk it out in our heads. Like, what do we think could be the case? I think it's all pointing in a bad direction for Saud on that. But let's talk about the fight for a second here. How's the fight pointing for him? And I, I, I really believe if anyone tells you they know on this, I think they're bullshitting you. Because you I went back and I watched I, I probably watched more tape on this fight than I had uh, going back watching opponents of, of both of them than I have in, in any fight in recent memory now, I used to do a lot a lot a lot before but uh, in the last few years uh, and the reason I did it right I wanted to find someone similar to Sterling for Cejudo and for Cejudo for Sterling and I really really couldn't there was bits and pieces like areas where they'd fight or you know maybe a bit of a wrestling for both of them or good jiu-jitsu for both of them but there was an, there really was, especially recently, like, so who doesn't fall recently, but for, for Sterling, there was nothing recently that would suggest it. Like, Petr Jan, a completely different fighter to, um, uh, to Cejudo. Completely different. The TJ Dillashaw fight, you can write it off. You know, Dominic Cruz, nothing like Aljamain. Sterling, Marlon, Marlon Weiss, a, li- a, a little bit I took from that. Not much in terms of, the matchup, but what, uh, here's one thing I did take from, take from that. So, in conclusion, not much I can take for any of their fights. The one thing I did take from the Marlon Rice fight, and I think a thing that Sterling needs to prey on, right, is that Henry Cejudo will always counter you the way he fights now. Always. 
he bit on everything Marlon Moraes threw and he did it on purpose it wasn't that he was biting on fans and he was throwing them out there and he was getting caught no he was doing it on purpose so Sterling knows that everything he throws it'll be answered by Cejudo he needs to use that he needs to use that. So that's a one big key for me here. And I think Sterling is smart enough to do that. And I think Ray Longo is smart enough to see that as well when watching tape. Right? I also think that a key here and a real key here is distance. Because both of them like to fight. And I've said this a few times now, but to just repeat it again. They're very, very, very similar fighters in the area they like to fight. Once they once they touch their opponents, they're different. One, the way they move is very different. The way they move in and out is very different. But the area in which they fight is very similar. They both like to fight in the outside, win outside. They both like to fight on the ground when they get inside, right? Sterling, a very good wrestler, very good jiu-jitsu. Cejudo, Olympic gold medal and all that. Uh, Sterling likes to fight long and kind of languid on the outside. Sudo likes to fight for a, sm- a shorter guy. He likes to fight the the you know the Leota Machida karate karateka style. Recently, anyway, could he have changed that again? Who knows? We'll see. But who's going to win that battle? Say the, so. The first battle is the lint battle, the distance battle. Is it going to be Sterling fighting that kind of languid step in jab to the body? He throws a lovely double jab to the body sometimes, and you know those kind of leaned high kicks. I like to call them. Who's going to be able to win that battle? Is it going to be him or is it going to be Cejudo waiting for him to throw them and then countering them? I would suggest that double jab would be a great weapon, right? Because you double jab him, you know he's going to throw something, step out, step back in and catch him the next time. It's a great shot in MMA that isn't utilized enough, the, the, the double treble shot to the body, jab to the body, but even one jab to the body. Knowing that the only thing that's going to come after the jab to the body from you is exiting. And re-entering, knowing that the only thing coming from him after the jab is him throwing. So pray, draw it out of him. Draw it out of him, knowing you're going to be ultra-defensive and sound in that defensive position. And I think there's... So the reason why I said I wanted to watch other people fighting in a similar way, there's very few fighters on planet Earth who can do that, like Aljamain Sterling can. And I think that's a nightmare for Henry Cejudo. I really do. Right? From the distance uh, position. Marais did it a bit, and he had a bit of success early in that fight, but not many people can do that. Sterling can, now, whether he will or not, whether he'll have seen it in the, you know, in the tape coming up to it and everything like that, it remains to be seen. Now, who will be able to break the distance and get the takedown? That's another interesting thing. Like, it's funny, we look at Henry Sudo and we think he is the Olympic gold medalist. Okay, he's going to win it. Not necessarily. He wasn't able, like, the, the first Demetrius Johnson fight especially, Demetrius took him down many times in the clinch, beat him in the wrestling. You know, Sterling is a bigger version of Dimitri Johnson with very, very good wrestling as well. Not a bigger version. He's he's not very similar to Dimitri Johnson the way he fights at all. But you know what I mean? He's a bigger guy than Dimitri Johnson, and he can do similar things to Dimitri, especially in the clinch and things like that. I think Cejudo is more of kind of, um, you know, not, not a traditional wrestler as, as he would be. And I think although Sterling, you know, he loves a little bit of a double leg as well. I think he sometimes wrestles into jiu-jitsu positions or wrestles to take a jiu-jitsu position. Look at Corey Sandhagen, for example, in that fight. And um, I really don't know who's going to win that battle. I really don't know. I, I, I feel like Cejudo has a better chance of getting Sterling down from closing the distance to getting inside to the takedown. 
I feel like Sterling's going to find it very hard to take Zahudo down from merely closing the distance and trying to get a takedown. Now, if there's a shot and then another shot and another shot and then he goes for a takedown or jumps on the back or something, that's a different proposition, right? And I do think he can get Zahudo from there and I do think he can get Zahudo from the clinch as well. So, I... It's, it's a place I can't pick out. But what I can pick out, I think, is the striking. What I can pick out, I think, is Henry Cejudo likely not being the same as he once was. And I think that's enough to sway it for Aljamain Sterling. And that's why I'm going for him. So my pick is Aljamain Sterling in that one at minus 103. Right. Uh, the next one I'm going for here, and I, 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 do you know what? I like this bet a lot. I like this bet a lot. And um, it's the Cage Warriors main event between Dylan Hazan and Kaelin Lochran. And I'm going for the over three and a half rounds here. And that is plus 150. Now, I give the I give the over three and a half rounds here. Uh, honestly, I think it mightn't be much over three and a half rounds. Now, I, I, the reason, I love this fight. I really love this fight. Two undefeated guys. Two guys. I, I think Kaelin Ockren has taken a bit of a bigger step up in his last fight against Luke Shanks. He, he'll tell you it wasn't a step up, but I believe it was. And this is again a step up from that because I think his is very good. It's also a step up Hazan from everyone he has fought to Caelan Lochran. He he he, uh, he had a really tough test uh, in his last one out uh, against uh, oh god, the name escapes me. The the, the famous fight with Nathaniel Wood. Go and look for it. Uh, god Almighty, that'll, that'll kill me now. I'll, I'll pull it up here at some stage. But um, it it turned into a bit of an easier fight for him, but still it was it was it was a trial. You know, it was a trial in there. Oh, what what I do ex- <laughs> look the only thing I expect here is both lads to write, uh, rise to the occasion. Um, I think Hazan will be. Uh, it's funny I've used the word careful a few times. I think he will be more careful with the striking of Lochran than many of Lochran's opponents have been recently or have been able to be recently. Lochran, if, I I actually if you haven't seen him fighting. I think I think everyone would enjoy him. He's a this weird sort of style where he stands in the middle of the cage, and he kind of just strikes from that position. It's funny there was, there was an old referee here that used to do uh, GA matches here, and he wasn't the fittest in the world. And he was standing in the center circle, and he'd blow the whistle. He'd referee the whole match from the center circle. That's a little knocker a little bit now, not quite. And I think actually in the Shanks fight, he did change it up a little bit, but still, he throws this long jab out there. He he just kind of waits and stalks. He was like an eagle or something stalking you. And I think Lochran will be like, or, or um, Hazan, sorry, will be like, yeah, stalk me away, stalk me, stalk me. I'm going to bide my time here. I'm not going to get caught by anything and try to for- force Lochran out. And I think that could happen for a good two rounds here. And then they'll get going. So I, do, I think this is the start of fight that finishes maybe towards the end of the third round into the fourth round, into the fifth, sorry, towards the end of the fourth round, into the fifth round. I, I think it, it'll either be a late stoppage or one of them will win by decision. Now, that's the way, as I said, we can all, we can all be wrong, but that's my pick here. Um, I was looking at both of them. I, I think that the price, Ken, so Ken Rockin opened, uh, opened around minus 200. He was into minus, let me just check it 100% here again. He was into minus 150 and now let me just check he is out to as far as do you know what he's back out and he's back out to minus 200 again so let me just uh let me just have a quick look here yeah open to minus 200 into minus 185 um he actually funny enough he went out to minus sorry he opened to minus 300 
into minus 245, into minus 185, into minus 180, into minus 170, as I said, and now back out to minus 200. This has gone up and down and over and under. I think people are taking him at those odds. I re- I think people have took him at that. Now, I was looking at him at minus 170 literally an hour ago, or half an hour ago before I started recording this, and he was minus 170. He's gone out to minus 200 again. This is all over the place. This betting is... I, I, I honestly, it's a pick and fight for me. I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna pick Ken and Akron, but very good fight, and I like the over there. I think Lachran might have enough to win it late, but I like the over three and a half rounds uh, at a, a plus one fifty. Right, that is the four bets for the week. Here is my flyer of the week. Now, my originally, and and this is the um, Frivola fight. So this is the Frivola against Drew Dober fight. Originally, one of my bets had been uh, this fight in the knockout. And I believe it's minus 125 for either guy to get the knockout, right? Which is, I think, still a very good price here. Um, but the bet I have gone for, for the flyer I adjusted, I've gone for Frivola to get the win by TKO KO at plus 600. And I think this is a phenomenal flyer bet. Now... I think either Frivola or Dober is going to get the knockout. I don't see this fight going to submission. I don't see it going to decision. Someone is getting sparked here. Someone's getting sparked. If you were to give me plus uh, 200 on both of them, I would take Drew Dober. Right? I would take Drew Dober. It's funny, I was listening to, to Ray Longo, Frivola's coach, and he expected Drew Dober to be the favourite, so I'm not saying anything against the team or anything. In fact, I'm picking Frivola here, so I'm not. He... Is he has a better chance, I think, uh, of winning, but he also has a massive chance of losing. Because you've seen, I see any of Drew Dober's fights lately, see any of Frivola's fights, these guys go hell for leather, they take shots and they give them. They take shots and they give them. I just wonder who can take it and who can give it a little bit harder. Pause. I think. <laughs> I think plus 600 is a great bet. Do I, if you give me plus 100 would I take it and, or as I said plus 200 for both of them I take Frivola or I take uh, Dober but I plus 600 for Frivola one of them is getting knocked out one of them is getting knocked out maybe one guy has you know 60-70% chance maybe one guy is 30-40 but one of them is getting knocked out and you give me a toss up I really think it's a toss up enough of a fight you give me plus 600 in that I'll take it so the flyer for this week is plus 600 Right, that's it. That's our five bets for the week. Let's look at some of the other betting odds. Let's look at one championship first. And uh, we'll take a, a select few of these. Roberto Soldic uh, and Sebastian Carestam. Minus 500 there for Soldic plus a 305. Uh, I think that's about right. Yeah, I do think it's about right. I think this is going to be an absolute banger uh, of a contest as well. Um, I it's very hard for me to give Kadasem a chance there at plus 305. That'd be normally a sort of bet I'd look at, but Solich is just so much of a better striker than most people in that division, although Kadasem is very good, and Kadasem doesn't have the wrestling to uh, make it an issue for him. So I think Solich has been that love, that plus. Sorry, love that minus. Mm, minus 500, I don't love it. I, how can you ever love minus 500? But I don't love the plus 305. I don't love it. Um... Anglon Osang as well is a big favourite there. Minus uh, 714 plus 394 for Ang Fang. I don't think he will win with that price. It's hard to go for that. Uh, 
I mentioned to say it's not good. He's minus 175, Mushtaba plus 125. Now, the odds aren't up yet for Lone Tainanis and uh, um, Okra Young. That's a fight I really want to see odds in because I think I'm taking Tainanis in that one and I, I feel like he could be plus money. I feel like he could be plus money. So keep an eye on that. Tainanis is my pick there and we'll, we'll adjust the price as it comes and we'll put it up in the comments. But interesting one there. And then... The fight that we're all going to be talking about. Actually, first, Reese McLaren and uh, Akhmadov. Akhmadov, big favourite rematch. He won the first one again. Uh, minus 3 at 5, plus 256. I think that's a pretty good price on, on Akhmadov, in fact. But DJ uh, against Marais. Around plus 140 for Marais, minus 196 for DJ. Uh, let me just check the, the betting odds here over on uh, on best fight odds. Uh not not too dissimilar to that. Uh, to have minus one seventy five for DJ plus one two five. So that's the the type of price you're getting there. Um, I was I was going to give Marais as my pick. Honestly, I I'm the biggest Demetrius Johnson fan in the world. Uh, it's, it's he's one of the only fighters that I struggle to be on unbiased about because I just think he's phenomenal. But he's also touching on what thirty eight thirty nine. The last two fights, you know, he looked good, but like he could have, he could have succumbed in both of them. And now it's another year on. I think it's going to be tough for Demetrius. I think it's going to be tough. Honestly, I like that plus one twenty five for Adjerman and Marais. I hope I'm wrong. Kind of, I know not, not not to be unbiased running, but um, I just think this is going to be a great fight. I really do. You know, talking to Chattery the other day, and he's look. He said it straight out that Demetrius Johnson can't afford to go in here and not fight for the finish, which is actually like sometimes promoters say that, but I, I, it's actually true in this one. I think, you know, the way the the, the fight is scored as a whole, now you against a guy like Morice, you have to go in there and try to put it on him because he's going to land some big shots. You know, at some stage in there, he's going to probably get on top of his string. He might even get in into some good submission, uh, 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 I suppose, positions. You have to put it on him and try to finish him. And that's what Demetrius has been doing. He did it the last time. And I think he'll, he'll try to do it again. But Marais is dangerous. Very dangerous. And I can't wait for that fight. Cannot wait for it whatsoever. Right. Uh, some of the other cards. Uh, let's look just quickly through Cage Warriors first. And then I'll finish up with the uh, with the UFC. Um, a few interesting ones on Cage Warriors. Um... So, uh, uh, Sylvester Miller is against Emmanuel Zachariah. Now, Sylvester Miller came in and, and uh, almost won the title a few fights ago, and he's plus 145 here. <sighs> I wouldn't go big in it, but if you have a bit of an ACA, I think that's not a bad one to throw it into. Uh, Tanio Padalariccio, I think that's a tremendous fight against Gerardo Fanny. Um, uh, this this I actually let me just check this again, but yeah, this has changed. Uh, it started out at minus one twenty five, out to minus one sixty five. Now that was pretty even when I looked at it uh, earlier, and he's a big favorite. Now it's Pagliaricci or so. Oh, that's an interesting one. Uh, I don't know. I'm probably going for the plus money there. To be honest, probably would go for the plus money in Gerardo Fanny Calor Pedrosoli is on this as well. He's a big enough favorite minus uh, two twenty. Uh, against Giannis Backer, um, Darren Stewart and uh, uh, Leon Aliu. I like Stewart there at minus 110. I must say Aliu is the favourite now uh, at uh, minus 120. Sam Creasy is on this card as well. He's the underdog against Michelangelo Lupoli, who impressed last time out. I was very impressed with him, but Creasy is never an easy out for anyone. 
Honestly, I'd probably avoid betting on that one. I'm not sure on that one. So those are some of the highlights from Cage Warriors. But from the UFC, um, just not too long before we recorded, the uh, the Bryce Mitchell fight against Ivalev has uh, has fallen out. I don't believe we had, have odds up yet for the, the new fight. So let's uh, we'll leave that one aside for a second. Um, the price on Bilal and Burns, very close. Look, I'm looking at the different odds makers here. They're, and they're changing all over the place Bilal is the underdog He is the underdog He's a plus money everywhere Plus 100 in one place uh, Minus 125 for Burns Burns is across the board Minus 135 to minus 125-ish And Bilal across the board is minus 100 to minus 110-ish 110, 110-ish um, You know... I, I expected Bilal to be a bigger price than that, I'm not going to lie. Even though I'm picking Bilal to win, I thought he'd be a bigger price than that. Um, interesting one now, and obviously I gave you the bet for that one to uh, to go to the decision at minus 125, so interesting there. Andraj and uh, Zonin Yan. Andraj is minus 205 here. I'm not sure. I'm really not sure about Andrade. You'd give me this fight a year ago, I would have picked her no problem, especially at that price. But I'm avoiding this until I see more tape on Andrade. Uh, see if the Aaron Blanchfield thing was a blip. See, I, I, I just am awaiting this one. I'm just waiting on it. Now, if you don't want to wait on it, Andrade KO, TKO plus 300 is probably the bet I go for. <laughs> but mm, uh, Sterling Cejudo. Now, let's look at some of the props for this. Straight up money. So who does the favorite here, lads? He's a favorite in some books. Actually, he's not the favorite in other books. Minus one seventeen for Sahuda, minus one or three in another book. Sahuda is plus one hundred, minus one twenty for Sterling. So a, a real genuine pick. Em. Let's look at the over under prices. Two and a half rounds. The under is minus one seventy five. The over is minus uh, two fifty. Fight to go to a decision. Minus one thirty five doesn't go to a decision. Plus one hundred. So they're expecting it to go to a decision, but very very close there. What about Sterling submission? Plus 400-ish for Sterling submission. Sahuda submission, plus 1,200. I don't think that's happening. Sahuda knockout, don't like that either. Plus 325, plus 800 for the Sterling TKO KO. I don't think that's necessarily the worst bet in the world, plus 800. I don't think that is terrible, but yeah, there, it's a fight I'm, I'm, I'm not finding it hard to pick the winner. I do think Sterling will win. But I'm finding it hard to see exactly how it goes and what decides it. Um, but it's a very interesting fight. Jordan and Gracie. Let's, let's look at let's look at the Gracie by submission prices. We should always plus two hundred. Not bad. I like Jordan in that one though. Maybe to win the uh, maybe to win the, the decision there. Um, uh, Jordan to win by decision plus two seventy five. Not bad there, and he is minus one seventy five to win straight up. So let's go with that. He's plus one sixty to get the uh, the knockout. Um, Dober and Favola. Dober, as I mentioned, he is the favorite minus two hundred five plus one seventy five for Favola, uh, and I've given you a bet for that one. Clark and Njuku as well. I lo- I loved giving Devin Clark as like one of my flyers, and I've done it a few times now. But Clark wins inside the distance plus four fifty. I like that. I really like that. They're very close in the betting. Minus uh, 190 for uh, Njuku, plus 175 for Clark. What what price is Njuku to win inside the distance? Plus 125. That's the most likely outcome, if we're being honest. But if we're looking at a flyer, I like honestly, I like Bowden. Give one as a flyer, one as a straight-up bet. I do think the fight is uh, is not going to the distance. Doesn't go to the decision, minus 140. So, 
is someone submitting someone probably not um and yeah that's kind of that's kind of it i think from the <laughs> the, the ufc uh chaos williams is fighting on this card he's a big favorite uh, minus 135 uh sorry minus 315 Plus 265 for his opponent, uh, Ronaldo. Uh, Marina Rodriguez, actually, this is a pretty good fight uh, against uh, Virna Jandiroba. I like Jandiroba here, to be honest. She is the uh, she is the underdog. She, you know what? She can just go in there and, and put, you know, put a fight on that people aren't expecting. And she's done it so many times now at this stage. Minus 200 fight to go to decision is not a bad bet, but I, I go for uh, Jenjiroba straight up at plus uh, 124 there. Phil Hawes, I always liked him to either get knocked out or get the knockout. Uh, Aliskerov, don't know about him knocking him out, but he's plus 225 to do that. Um, Hawes to get the knockout is, let me see, they don't actually don't have the, oh no, they do, plus 350. So let's go for a. Uh, Let's go for one of them. Fight doesn't go to decision minus two thirty-five. So yeah, I think it's one of them in there. So uh, Zemagulov, the favorite plus one sixty. Uh, sorry, the underdog plus one sixty, which is a little bit surprising, I think. Um, Estevam minus one eighty-two. Ribeiro is the favorite at minus one ninety against Joseph Holmes at plus one fifty. Daniel Santos is again the favorite minus one eighty-six against Johnny Munoz Jr. at plus one. 6-1. Alright, that is it. That is all my bets for the week in the world of mixed martial arts. I will just go over them again. So, number one, Ahmed Mushtaba over one championship, plus 127. Well, Alan Burns fight to go to a decision at minus 125 is bet number two, bet number three. Aljamain Sterling at minus 103, straight up money line bet. The number four in the bets is the Cage Warriors Rome main event between uh, Kalen Lochran and Dylan Hazan to go over the three and a half rounds of plus 150. And my flyer of the week, Matt Frivola, to get the knockout over at the UFC at plus 600. Plus 600 in that one. All right, everyone. Let me know your bet in the comments section below. We'll have fun with it this weekend. Bet responsibly. Don't go mad with it. Have fun, as I said. And uh, we'll come back next week and review our bets. Until then, my name is Sean Chi and for SureDog.com, and I'll see you all.